Welcome to the Washburn Review. So, I was thinking we haven't done music yet. Yes, we should talk about music. Like, what, what, what part about music do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about, like, a specific song or a specific piece of music in general? Do you want to talk about, like, how music has impacted lives and history and how different cultures approach music? Maybe, maybe you want to talk about, I don't know, like, Pulse Jupiter, maybe? Uh, what, do we, what do you want to talk about? Maybe history? I want to talk about the inner lives of composers and all the drama they started, because now that all the participants are hundreds of years dead, I can exploit their pain-filled stories without feeling horrible. Well, uh, it, it uh, appears Whitney has made up her mind. Ooh, 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 okay, so uh, basically what you're going to talk about is like how much trouble these guys got into. What have I done? So all you guys out there, just like take note, because I got a whole list of these stories that happened way back when. It's like, yeah, as you know, these music puns are my forte. Oh, give it a rest and go follow the orchestra pit. I appreciate the pun, but... Ouch! Just trying to build a crescendo of these. This makes me feel so much better about the way I handle stress after researching all of these composers. Like, I've been stressed, but I've never murdered anybody. Yeah, your temper hasn't really uh, flown off the handle. It might, if you keep saying stuff like that. Well, hello everyone, my name is Steven. <laughs> and I'm Whitney. And uh, do you want to start this one off, or should I? I was hoping we could just get the obvious one out of the way. Okay. 1812 Overture. Ah, uh, okay. Actual cannons. <laughs> like, Tchaikovsky. Unpronounceable Russian name. <laughs> actually hated the piece. Really? That's interesting. I, I knew he didn't like the Nutcracker, but I did not know that he didn't like that one. Oh. Yeah, he just felt it was too nationalistic of a piece. Uh, he wanted to do more subtle things. But, I mean, it's kind of hard for your piece to get ignored when there are actual cannons involved. Oh, I love this piece so much. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to think of a conversation that might happen where it's like, Oh, yes, I'm playing at the symphony tonight. Oh, really? What do you play? Uh, a cannon. Like a cannon in D? Actually, it's uh, a little bit of a different kind of a cannon. Oh, what kind of cannon? Do tell, do tell. <laughs> uh, you know, the uh, artillery, you know, kaboom, and, you know, that kind of cannon. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go up to Dr. Farley and be like, Hey, Dr. Farley, we, uh, we have a quick request for you. <laughs> Can we have a, an authentic uh, replica of uh, 19th century, early 19th century uh, canon? It's for music. It's for, the, it's for the music department. It's for my education. Yeah. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> yeah. you, since you mentioned a uh, romantic period composer, I have another romantic period composer. This one is Berlioz. Now, Berlioz lived a very interesting life, but I want to talk about uh, one specific part of it. Uh, that being how he got married, actually. He, um... Oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he was a fan of Shakespeare. Uh, he was very, very much a fan of Shakespeare. So, one day he went to uh, a performance of Hamlet, and uh, he saw Ophelia, the, the actor who played Ophelia, and uh, knew immediately that he was inspired to write something. So he wrote Symphonie Fantastique, which um, became his most famous piece that he has done. Now, then, 
he actually requested that uh, the actress come to his performance. And so, long story short, less than a year later, they were actually married. And, uh, small problem, though. He only spoke French, and she only spoke English. I can see how that would be a problem. Yeah, it was. It wasn't there. It wasn't the happiest of marriages. Um, but I want to put that as like new standards for first date material. Like I'm going home. Like you're not getting a second date unless you write a full symphony in my honor. <laughs> so it is a piece of program music. So there, there is actually uh, some prose that you can read along with it. Uh, there's actually a story to the music. So if you want to look that up, you can. Huh? I might. I might actually do that. Alright, so what's your next one? Okay, it's this guy named Gesualdo. He was an Italian noble who was just dedicated to music. And he murdered two people. What? Okay, so basically he was just your normal, average, everyday Italian nobleman who composed quite a bit of music, and then he found out that his wife was fooling around with another man, and he caught them in the act and mutilated them both left the room, and then came back to make sure they were both dead. I had not heard this story before. <laughs> I mean, he was found innocent because he was a nobleman. Oh. And just kind of kept on composing music. Hmm. Huh. Okay, oh, well, you want to hear the best part of it? Oh, okay. Okay, so his second marriage, yeah, somehow he got someone else to marry him. Wasn't the happiest marriage, like, they just didn't really like each other. They spoke the same language, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the so, same language. <laughs> so they, they, they got one thing over her, over Berlioz. <laughs> yep. Well, Berlioz never murdered anyone, so I mean, he's got that going for him. He almost did. But he didn't. That's what <laughs> but, um, but no, like everyone said about the second wife, well, she must have been a really pure individual because she's not dead. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we lowered ourselves down to that standard. <laughs> anyway, what's your second one? Alright, so uh, my next one actually is Chrysler, not uh, the uh, the composer, not the uh, not the car. Darn, <laughs> the musical car. Aww, like Chitty like, Bang Bang. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, this guy, um, hugely influential Romantic period composer, um, especially to the violin. There's actually a term for uh, there's a certain placement of the bow. It's called the Chrysler Highway, which uh, makes it even more confusing that you're not talking about a car. <laughs> But, uh, actually, he, uh, he didn't especially like practicing. Um, his, his wife actually got on him about that, or he, she would lock him in a room until he practiced. So, so, of course, he snuck out the window. See, this would just make, I don't know why, this just makes me think of that one Pixar scene where it's like, It's for the greater good! The greater good! I am the greatest you are ever gonna get! Yeah! Yeah! So she just like locked him in a room and then would let him out. So he just so he just improvised so it would sound like he was practicing. That is so much effort to yeah. get out of practicing. Yeah, it's like he would sometimes like sneak out the window, <laughs> you know. But uh, actually, a, a thing that happened was uh, he there was a uh, there was an accident that he got into and he actually injured uh, he actually got injured and so he was so worried that he wouldn't be able to play the violin again that he just kind of stopped for a while. But again, his wife is very clever. I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she was a violinist as well. And so 
she, uh, she, <laughs> she would start playing something, but then stop partway through a phrase and think and say, no, that, that's not exactly how it went. So then she would play the phrase again, stop in that same point, think, no, that's not how it went again. And he, she, she would just keep doing that. And eventually Chrysler was just like, just, just hand me the violin, I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> I'll show you how the phrase ends. And so he did, and he played, and he was like, I can play! Chrysler's awesome. That is a power couple, if I've ever heard of it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what's your, what's, your, uh, what's your last one? So my third piece is Rite of Spring by Stravinsky. Oh, that's a, I'd say that's a right topic to talk about. Oh, don't even. Yeah, you're just going to like spring to this, this piece? The reason I picked it is because we ta actually talked about it in our World War I class, and apparently there are some people who are making arguments that somehow the Rite of Spring started World War I. What dots did they connect to make this, I wonder? Very odd dots. <laughs> the, can, can you elaborate? <laughs> The idea, okay, so the idea is that World War One happened at the same time as the rise of the modernist period, where it was about the here and now, and talking about death and all these things, and the idea that people were, you know, ready to jump into action with World War One because they hadn't had a good, Europe basically hadn't hit itself for a while. So the Rite of Spring, which came out about that time, made a lot of people angry because it was creepy and it gave them the willies. And, I mean, you know, I'm a dancer performing musician, so I kind of wanted this last one to incorporate both. And the ballet dancers to go along with these pieces just were macabre and just messed with people. And so a lot of people thought that somehow, like, the encouragement of the idea of death and the fact that everyone was just, like, thinking that it could be used for an art piece led to the kind of thinking that started World War One. Yeah, I know. It's a very thin string. That is, uh, it's, uh, it takes some thinking to get to. <laughs> I know. There's literally no connection, in my opinion. But the fact is, it was brought up. And we talk about it. And there's at least one academic paper written about it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Now I'm curious. Yeah, so it's not so much about the fact that it was a, at least a very cool piece. Mm -hmm. Or about the fact that I just think it's funny that people can, like, create a conspiracy theory around a oddball ballet and somehow connected to World War One. Yeah. Alright, so uh, I'm no longer hiding it. I'm talking about Haydn. Oh, dear. This guy was amazing. Uh, he, he was kind of that one composer that, like, in his time, everybody knew him. And, like, he was, he was pretty popular among other composers as well, and just kind of people in general. Uh, this guy had uh, a sense of humor. <laughs> he, uh, he noticed that a few people fell asleep in a couple of his concerts. And so, he decided to take it upon himself to write a piece that would one day be known as the Surprise Symphony. I'm worried. Go <laughs> on. So, um, the idea here is that, uh, it's, there's the, there are these little pizzicato soft sections, and then suddenly there would be a forte. Uh, suddenly this loud beat that uh, would wake up anybody sleeping, and then it would go back to soft. And then it would go back to forte, so it would like repeatedly wake up anyone who was asleep. <laughs> this guy was hilarious. <laughs> I'd be talking to him after the concert. <laughs> In the alleyway. No! <laughs> I think we have two very different senses of humor. <laughs> Our question of the week is, what are some funny experiences we've had? working on with music or the stage or something related. Uh, both of us have had years of being involved in the arts 
And there are stories we could tell you. <laughs> so what's yours? Once upon a time, <laughs> uh, I, was in, uh, I was in the band in high school. We went on a trip to perform. I was inside with the orchestra at the time, so I found out about this later. But apparently, there was this trumpet player. Uh, he had to go inside, but someone asked him to, you know, grab his stuff for him. So the person, you know, grabbed the guy's trumpet, you know, set it down uh, under the bus so he would remember where it was, grabbed his stuff, but then forgot to pick up the trumpet and just kind of walked inside. The bus driver like, didn't quite know uh, that there was a trumpet underneath the bus at the point. Yeah. When, I, when we got back to school, there was a flat trumpet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the, the trumpet player took it well, though. He thought it was hilarious. If my trumpet broke, if my trumpet got flat, man, I would be so sad. But this guy thought it was funny. Like, he took a video of himself trying to play it. He said that uh, his playing was a little bit flat afterwards. No! No, he seriously said that. <laughs> he seriously said that. What is in the water in, the in your town? <laughs> Makes everyone say puns right after disasters. <laughs> All right, so what's yours? Okay, so have you ever been to Riverfest in Wichita? I have not. Okay, so basically it's a week of basically it's a week of celebration and they showcase basically everything that happens in Wichita for a week. You just buy a pin and it gets you in. Mm -hmm. And because for a while I was part of a competitive dance troupe, uh, we were one of the there was a bit of a showcase and we were going to perform. Well, I was performing a tap number and the screws that help hold the metal pieces in in mm -hmm. your tap shoe were falling out oh no and there was no time to do anything about it oh no however i was wearing braces at the time oh boy <laughs> so i thought it would be a great idea to take the little wax balls they give you to put on the braces so you don't cut yourself and put them on my tap shoe so i could like hold the screws in so i could perform my piece that's some, that's some pretty good improv improvisation, you know? Well, it worked until about halfway through the piece. Okay, what happened? <laughs> I was on stage, and I was tapping, and the screws started to fall out. Oh no. Oh, I felt, and what's even worse is the people going on after us were a ballet group. So, screw oh, ballet no. shoe. Like, I, I finally got off stage with, every, with all of my screws. But uh, I'm glad. I'm glad everyone. Uh, everyone stayed sharp. You know, paid attention to that. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that Whitney has composed herself again, I'm always composed. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Stephen. Broke Stephen. <laughs>